Good evening, Vancouver. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, our final show here of February 2024, with the Canucks just having 22 games left on the calendar as we rapidly approach the trade deadline and rumors are flying around Elias Patterson. The Canucks broke the, the dreaded four-game losing streak that everyone thought the sky was falling. Uh, and here to break it down with me, as always, Canuck Clay. How are you doing this week, Clay? Parker, I'm great. Back in town from my trip to Seattle. I know we'll get into that a little bit later. That was probably the suckiest game of the three that we're going to recap. But overall, I'm happy that we beat the big, bad, ugly Bruins. I'm happy that you and I are back on a show together. And if you said this is the end of February, does that mean we're, we're creeping up on our three-year anniversary as friends, man? We must. Yeah, we must be about, ooh, it's going to be like six, seven shows away. Okay, well... Obviously, I have it marked down on my calendar as a historic day, so we'll get right. to it closer. Oh, that would be a great way to start the the, the mark of the, the start of the playoffs. But overall, I'm doing great, and I hope you are well as well. Anything exciting this week for you? Not, not so much. I mean, a great hockey game on Saturday. Um, yep. That was, I was riding high after that one. Um, and it was what unfortunate. Did you do? Early game. So what did you do after they won? What yeah, did you it sucked. Do? So I had, I had a hockey game at 10 p.m. that night. Um, so it was a lot of, so my plan, my plan for the entire Saturday, I had, you know, I, I was, I think I, I had a late night the night before or something along those lines. Uh, and I was tired. So my plan was, okay, Canucks game will end at like seven. I'll have an hour nap before the, uh, before my, my game Perfect. turns out beating the Bruins with a sweet comeback and winning it in overtime, a little hard to sleep after that. I was really fired up. Uh, so I said, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll stay awake. And then at about nine o'clock it hit me. <laughs> <laughs> uh and we had three defensemen so it was uh it was a busy night did you win your game we tied which is even worse oh. it's bad okay well at least you made it to the game uh, without you they'd only have two so good job yeah I, early game i think for me oh no i didn't watch any of it I, no i caught the third and then i think i just studied for the night exciting exciting uh life of a mature student i guess fair enough <laughs> so we've got uh we got three games from the past week, two kind of clunkers, if I, if I could say, you know, the, uh, the third and fourth game of the losing streak. Um, and the sky really felt like it was falling. And then, of course, that game against Boston, uh, we'll go over all three of those. And, of course, we'll try to keep that a little condensed. I don't think we need to talk about the Avalanche game and the Kraken game all too much. Um, and then of course we've got, uh, Twitter blowing up because the Canucks finally have a two day break. So we must panic, uh, oh. and, and everyone has to throw their opinions in the, uh, in the Twitter sphere, the X sphere. And of course we wait till we're here to do that. Um, yeah. so we can, uh, add to the panic, uh, with all of you. That's true. I did not see a single tweet from you nor me about what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I keep my tweeting to the games usually. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's smart. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's start where we always start, and that is with uh, a couple of game recaps. Um, and we'll go back, unfortunately, to last. When would this have been? Was this Tuesday of last week? Yeah, because we had a show where we broke down that ten-seven debacle. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So game. This is what games four and five of the road trip um, that we uh, had here before they returned home. Three and four. Three and four. Four three and four. Trip close yeah. enough uh, <laughs> yeah so um yeah last tuesday against colorado um this is one that yeah i i, I do remember this game I, I i think we i said before the show i don't remember if i watched it i definitely did um because yeah. i remember being sad at the end that they couldn't get anything going um i mean we, we can recap it pretty quick uh, i don't think the canucks played terribly 
per se. No, I, I think they said, yeah, that this is a decent bounce back game actually after the Minnesota yeah, loss. This, yeah. I, I was a bit worried coming into this one, especially after mm-hmm. that 10, seven loss and sort of thinking, okay, you know, they go out, you know, Miller scores about 10 minutes in and I'm thinking, okay, like they're looking fine. They're bouncing back. And honestly, Colorado, like the schedule doesn't get easy here, right? You yeah. have in the same week of Colorado and Boston, uh, two of the top teams in the league, not that Vancouver isn't one, but when you're trying to get out of a slump, you know, streaks are hard to break, right? When you're winning and you're on a, you're on a run, you can do things wrong and still somehow find a way to win. And the same thing kind of goes for when you're losing right. You know, you, yeah. you, you think it's, you know, you can play as great as you want, but sometimes just the bounces don't feel like they're going to go your way. Uh, and that was the case here. I, I mean, Miller scores pretty early and then the Canucks keep it pretty even throughout. Um, but a, a couple of goals from, from Johansson. And then they, they had obviously the empty netter late. Um, you know, it was, it was a pretty tight game though. It was two one for the entire third period, essentially. Um, yeah. they, they felt like they could have brought it back at some point. Yeah. And this was, I guess this is what you call a schedule loss because you have your Minnesota before, then you're traveling that day. No practice. Obviously you had a bit of a rest. Sure. But then you're playing the high altitude of Denver and Denver is like the second, I, I looked it up. We're the best team in terms of a uh, home record, the uh, fewest losses and Colorado is second best. So you knew they're the Cucks were tough and you're right, Parker. They, you played them pretty good. You know, I, you say it's a playoff feel. I'm not so sure, but at least they played them straight up. Uh, Miller, that first goal, beautiful uh, pass from Besser. So he's to Besser and Besser with a beautiful feed. Miller streaks in and puts it past. Uh, is it Georgiev or Georgiev? Is it hard G's or soft G's? What do you say? A hard G to start. It's all hard G's. Georgiev. Georgiev. Okay. So pass that guy. And then you're right, Johansson. I forgot this guy was still played. He had two. The one was the the uh, the carom off the backboards that Demko was caught off guard. And the other one was the deflection off of Ian Cole's uh, glove. So yeah, yeah, you can't blame Demko on the second one. First one was a tricky play. We scoring those and then empty netter. So yeah, there wasn't a lot. You're right. There wasn't a lot to choose from. The shots were basically even, penalties even. So it was just a battle of two good teams. It wasn't like Hughes or McCard dominated the other one either. So we can put that narrative to bed for at least one game. So overall. It, it just kind of stunk because it was like the third loss and then you're like, oh, oh, that's the first three game losing streak of the season, even though the Canucks were the last team in the entire league to suffer three straight losses. Yeah. And and analytically in this game, the Canucks were pretty decent, right? Yep. Uh, especially at, at five on five, five on five expected goals were pretty much even Canucks were, you know, they were behind in the second, obviously, but they were the better team in the third at five on five. Shot attempts were 15 to eight, but actual shots were only six to five. So, you know, just yeah. not hitting the net. That really felt like a theme, uh, especially <laughs> in the Boston game. I noticed it was like there were so many times where they had what felt like a great A plus chance and they would miss the net or they'd hit the post um, or they'd wind up for a clapper on a wide open <laughs> net, Philip Heronic. Um And it's just like it just felt like, again, like I mentioned, like when things aren't going your way, it's impossible to get things to go your way. And it felt like that in this one too. Yeah. So overall, yeah, yeah. It, it, if it was any other team, or if if it wasn't a top five team in the league, I think I would be a little bit more distressed. It just it started to feel like it was piling on, but everything looked good uh, heading into Seattle, a team that we should beat handily, like we did the last time that we were in Seattle. Yeah, and then you make the long trip down across the border <laughs> uh, to sit right behind the Canucks bench. Best yeah. seats in the house. And Pretty how fun. do the Canucks repay you but with uh, really an abysmal performance? <laughs> like this was yeah. this was one of their worst games of the year, I, I think. Um, you know, shots 31-21, uh, which again, against a Seattle team, that's not 
that's not acceptable, right? Like no. Seattle's they're fine. They're okay. Um, they're not a team that should be, you know, dominating you at five on five, right? No. High danger chances were eight to five for Seattle in this game. Expected goals were essentially two to one in this game. You take into account all situations. They go from expected goals uh, to 3.1 for Seattle to 1.5 for Vancouver. So truly Ooh. a double up uh, 68% of the expected goals going to Seattle. Um, yeah. Like there, there was no excuse for this one. Uh, the Canucks just looked no. bad. Yeah. And Rick Toggett was mad Parker after the, <laughs> after the game, he, he talked about uh, four or five guys who've been known showing for four or five straight games. He couldn't say the word B. Well, neither can I. Uh, we, we tried that Manscaped ad two years ago. B A L L S. He couldn't say it. He just, he spelled it out, which is kind of funny. He just said the team didn't play with any guts, basically. And uh, yeah, and you know, I, I I talked to my own show about all the cool things about sitting behind the bench. And my son Sean got an Elias Lindholm stick, which is pretty cool. But yeah, to 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 cheer, to want to cheer so badly, uh, despite all those cool things, for a Canucks win. And you're right; it was probably the worst. At least analytically, is I think the worst, um, one of the worst performances of the season. Horrible, absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, and it, there was there weren't many redeeming factors, right? They get out of the first tide, which is great, and and you know Miller continues to score, yep. which is which is nice for him. And but again, they give it up, and then these early goals, right? We we've seen it over the road trip, the goals early in the first period. This one, you know, that that sort of backbreaker early in the second, right? That Jared McCann goal just took all the wind out of their sails. Lafferty gets one back, but then Seattle scores mm -hmm. too late uh, later in the second. And I mean, like the effort in the third period, right? You're down, well, you're down two yeah. going into the third against a Seattle team that you should be a lot better than, right? Yeah. That should be, you should, you know, you look at the, you go back to like the 2011 team, for example, right? How many times did they sort of play with their food, right? <laughs> they, they were like, ah, <laughs> oh, we're down or we're tied one, one after two, or we're like down two, one after two. Just go pot uh -huh. too quickly and, and move on to the next one, right? Like that was something that yeah. they had the ability to do. And, and this team has the ability to do as well. Like they have the skill level, but going into a third period down four, two, and then you look at the, at like from an analytical perspective, high danger chances, four to one, you had one high danger chance in the entire third period. Um, when you're, when you're down two goals, right? Nine shots. Sure. That's nice. But you look at the heat map on where they they're coming from. And it's, you know, from the right face-off circle and from the left point where Quinn Hughes stands. That's about it, right? Or I guess part of the time. Um, and then you look at the expected goals coming from that. 1.57 for Seattle, 0 0.45 for Vancouver. <laughs> By far the most lopsided of the three periods. That's it, it, There's just no excuse for that, right? I mean, going down, yeah, down two goals to a team yeah. that you should beat, you know, seven times out of 10, let's say. I agree. And, and Demko letting in uncharacteristic goals, the, the one timer from, from Vince Dunn, from the, from the blue line, the, the, yeah. the shot from Justin Schultz from the blue line, like those are goals. And then yeah, McCann and Everly, those were tricky ones where I think Z didn't help him out, but yeah, it was, uh, and the, the special team, Seattle one for three, we were over four. Just, there was nothing good about our game that, that night, except for the start. And that was it. So where was your panic index after this one? Hmm. That's a really good question. That's a really good question. Um, the the Canucks were the the last team to get their three game winning streak, uh, losing streak, as I mentioned. Then they I didn't do the the math on were they the last team to get to four. If there's any other team, my panic index was 
Yeah. So I got to be careful because I know we're going to talk about the Boston game with great glee in a couple of minutes. So if I, if I'm trying to be as even keeled as I can, I was upset about the time, money, and energy I spent, quite frankly. I think that's a natural, uh, you know, mm-hmm. human reaction. But for the team itself, um, I, I was a little bit scared. Panic, no, but I, I was a little bit scared because I knew. I knew if we lost to Boston, which could be very conceivable, they were just as good as us, that that there would be a lot of panic in the city itself and the narrative would be brutal with these two days in between games as we talked about. So I was a little bit panicked, more scared, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think yeah. that's fair. And I was, yeah. I, I think I was just in a frustrated boat. Like yep. after each of these games, I would just sort of turn them off and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, we need to change this, this, and this. Cause in the back of my mind, like I'm still like, Hey, we're still first in the league or, or that one point, I guess they were fifth by points percentage. Oh no. Right. You're still first in the Pacific. You're doing fine. Yeah. Um, so I was never like panicking. Cause really, I mean, the wheels can really fall off and this team will finish what second of the Pacific. <laughs> like it's yes, exactly. They're, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to, you know, they're going to be at home most likely in the first round there. There's not too much to, to panic panic about. And then I think I started coping a bit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, the, you know, well, if you're going to face adversity, you want to face it now. Look at Boston last year. They faced no adversity. They get to the first round, then they fold. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, and I saw a bit of that around as well, like on Twitter and things like that. And, I, and now I look back on, yeah, I was coping. Right? <laughs> like, um, but also yes. I wasn't thinking like, you know, we need to go out and make some moves. Oh, the Lindholm deal was terrible. Oh, we got it. You know, like, oh, we're really going to pay this Pedersen guy $12 million with the way he's playing right now. <laughs> I, I just sort of looked at it and I was like, I'm not going to, I'm just going to not think about it. Yep. And I think that was healthy of me. Well, that's... <laughs> I just sort of turned the games off and I was like, all right, on to the next thing. I'm just not going to let's let's sort of follow the Rick talking approach. Right? Let's not get too low. Let's not get yep. too high. Although I did break that rule on Saturday. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, let's just see what happens. So, Parker, I got 22, 23 years on you, but I can still learn from you. And maybe it's because I had to make a three-hour drive uh, up the next day with my son and two yeah. buddies, and that's all we talked about, right? Is why? Oh, if I was in your boat, I would have been mad. <laughs> I mean, I went, I went to the Seahawks 49ers game, yeah, uh, on Thanksgiving, and it was just a, a stomp, right? And I was like, wow, yeah. we, boys, we paid a lot of money to be. Here. <laughs> right? At least the Canucks won the next night, so we had that redeeming factor, right? Um, right, right, which right. which you yeah. uh, were not lucky enough for. So, but you know, first world problems, you know, we got to sit behind the bench and I, I missed the carpool cut off. So I was stuck in 20 more minutes of traffic trying to get home on Friday. So I was a little bit grumpy, but overall, um, overall we were very blessed to be there and to have that experience. And I'll just tell you, I won't bore you with stories, but the one cool story, uh, Parker, I mentioned this on my stream. You, you might not have seen it is, you know, when the, when the coaches are looking down at their feet right? and they're looking at monitors that are underneath the ground, as you know, and so they're, sta- they're standing on it and they're looking through a, a see-through thing. What the video coach is doing, you see the video coach, um, you know, going, uh, zooming in, zooming out, rewind, fast forward. But then at the very end, he, uh, the video coach will type good goal in green letters. So that's what the Rick Tockett sees. So he knows not to challenge. It's really cool. So it's not talking, making the decision. It's he's basically taking the cue. But I, I physically got to see in big block letters on the monitor, good goal. And then basically means don't challenge. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. That is, that is a cool peek behind the curtain. Yeah. it yeah, is. I, always it wondered, is. I thought maybe they had like a little earpiece, but then I, I know yes. they don't. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, so that that's is, smart. He's basically just running off of what the, the video coach says. Hey, before we forget, and because we want to acknowledge this, Carol coming through with five memberships. I, it was a little bit earlier, so I didn't get to see who they went to, but whoever they went to, welcome to Canucks after dark membership. And thank you, Carol, for your generosity as always. 
Thank you very that is much, awesome. Carol. Yeah, give some love to Carol in the chat. Mm-hmm. With that, let's go to the let's go to the big game. Hockey Day in Canada, four p.m. Mm. early start, um, which I like. Uh, honestly, there's there's a lot of like, oh, we're accommodating Boston and Toronto with these early games, but honestly, it's it's kind of nice, especially after a win, because you don't have to, you know, you can sort of dwell on it for a while. But after a win, it's like seven o'clock and it's like, oh, I'm going to maybe have dinner or like for me, it was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, relax before my hockey game. And and it was nice because in the dressing room, we were just all talking about the game, which was fun. Yeah. Um, what a honestly, a, a really, really big turnaround compared to that Seattle game. The Canucks, you know, you have one of the best teams in the league for a couple of years now, the Boston Bruins, who just won't seem to go away. And they come out and the Canucks get some adversity, right? I, I mean, the, the first period, the Canuck, I think first period was pretty even. Um, a lot of back and forth, nothing, you know, obviously no goals, but I don't think there was anything, um, you know, any big discrepancy between the two right. teams. And I'm curious analytically, it, yeah, it's about, you know, 54, 46, right? Basically even. Shots for them, were though, even. For everything was, yeah. pardon me? For Boston, though. Yeah, yeah. So a slight edge, but everything was pretty even in the first. Second period, though, uh, again, you know, Canucks outshoot Boston. Analytically, the the Canucks are technically the worst team um, because of some high danger chances. Um, But Boston gets those two goals. They get a a Boquist goal and the Heinen goal. And I don't have the highlights in front of me. If you can remember these in any sense. I, I do. The Boquist uh, was from Brazil. That was the one where it was the neutral zone faceoff. And remember, Hironic got beat, so it became a two-on-one uh, with Hughes. Hughes trying to check um, Brazil, and then and then he turned his back, and then he I think he thought Hironic was further back, but Hironic wasn't. So Hironic was basically left in the dust in the neutral zone, and then Boquist uh, made a nice deke on, on Demko, putting it past his pad, I remember. That was yeah. the bad pinch from Hironic on the, on yeah. the offside faceoff, right? Yeah, you got it. You got yeah. it. So that's tough. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then you have the Heinen goal. Um, so yeah, around, yeah, yeah, yeah. So two nothing Boston after two, and this feels like Jeremy Sway or yeah, Jeremy Swayman is just going to steal this game. Like he played so unbelievably well. Um, there was just glove save after glove save. Stop shooting that side. Like after a <laughs> while, learn that he's not. You're not scoring on the glove side. Uh, he was absolutely phenomenal, uh, and it was so frustrating, honestly, to watch. <laughs> Did you at all think of the All Star thing of Swayman and Demko, or you passed that? Yeah, I think I, I think I, yeah, I mentioned that even in the house. I was like, "This is karma." They uh, <laughs> were just frustrated. Um, yeah, it's a good goalie. So yep. we go to the third, and instead of folding, you know, being like, "Ah, we've lost four in a row," you know, here we go again. Mm. The Canucks come out, and they are. Like they they're firing honestly. Um, you look at you look at some of the numbers in this period. Um, obviously shots were seventeen to five in favor of Vancouver in the third. Um, scoring chances sixteen to six. High danger chances six to two. Corsi shot attempts thirty nine to twelve. What? So the Canucks dominated the shot share, and the the entire third period was in Boston zone. Boston basically did what the Canucks have done all year, right? They said, "Oh, we got a two goal lead going to the third. We never lose when that happens. Let's just sit back." However, Boston has been losing when they've been doing that every game lately. They've been blowing leads in the third period and losing in overtime. Um, and so for them, I'm sure they felt a lot of deja vu. 
Um, but it starts, you know, and again, save after save for Jeremy Swayman. And finally, the Canucks break through with about seven minutes left. Uh, this one's what a, a face-off win back by Miller. Uh, and it's a really, really nice pass. Um, who made that pass? Uh, Zadorov. Zadorov. Yeah. What a, what a game for Zadorov, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Zadorov fires it across to Besser. And Besser has to take this on his offhand with a defender closing and in one motion just pulls it i don't know six inches over so it's a little bit more in his feet and somehow gets a perfect shot off yeah did you hear the narrative after the game um jt miller said that he um it was something they pre-scouted against boston about the way they positioned there on a defensive zone face off. But then he stopped because he said, why well, don't want to give away? And this is Zadorov and his thing basically just said, oh, JT Miller noticed that uh, their defenseman was really far back. And so we had plenty of time. Like it was so funny. And that's that what they funny. did. That's what they did. They, they recognized that it was uh, oh, this, uh, Forbert who was basically on the far side and had to get all the way over to Besser. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And if, if you draw that up on the face off, you say, hey, look, you know, Besser, yeah. I'm winning this back, you know, yep. 60% of the time. You just take two strides backwards, right? Yeah. And you've got yes. space, and that's exactly what he did. And Zadorov finds him. Uh, probably wanted the pass to be a little bit more in the wheelhouse, um, <laughs> but man, what it like? That's such an impressive shot. Just watching yeah. that in like in real time to get it on the wrong foot, pull it back, and you're expecting like, you know, you're just trying to get the shot off before the goalie gets there. I'm expecting yeah. this thing to be chest height, like maybe inside the post, maybe wide. Yep. To put it perfectly under the bar uh, was very yeah. impressive. Um, yeah, and, and Parker, later when you have time, go back and watch the replay. I don't know if you remember this. Juleson, I don't know if he, this was part of the play or if he just really wanted the puck. You see him standing there like with a stick like this. Yeah, yeah, I just watched it and I saw that. And that's why I was confused on who made the pass because <laughs> I, I I didn't remember fully. Yeah, maybe that's a, I don't know if that's part of the set player. Maybe he just, he wanted the one yeah. team, you know? Yeah, because Zdorf <laughs> didn't look at him at all. So. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Canucks, again, keep firing, keep firing, keep firing. Um, pull the goalie with about two minutes to go uh, and they get set up, um, which is nice. Cause I, I feel like there's so many times, at least it, it's probably, you know, confirmation bias, but it feels like a lot of the times like, Oh, you pull the goalie and we immediately give the puck away and they score. Right. Yeah. And that's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but the Canucks get set up and it's a pass back to Hronik. Hronik just drives it. Um, and it's a, it's a great shot. And again, Brock Besser gets all the credit here. Yes. Um, that screen that he sets up and i i don't know if this clip that i have shows the angle it does the angle of besser going from swayman if, if you're swayman swayman's left shoulder right yep. across as heronic winds up and if you look at the point of release for philip product's shot you cannot see jeremy swayman you just mm. can't you only see brock besser and you see the pads of swayman sticking out like besser has four legs um <laughs> it's it's a perfect screen it is a, it's a well enough play. I mean, it's a perfectly placed shot, really. It could be a little higher, but it's like glove height uh, inside the post. It's right as Swayman puts his glove down because he can't see. Um, it's a perfect play. And I just, yeah. again, so much credit to Besser on that. He doesn't get an assist for it, but he's yeah. been so good in front of the net. Yeah, well said. Uh, two things I want to point out. The, 
Oh no, no, this isn't the overtime goal. Never mind. One thing I want to point out: Did you see the the angle from behind Heronic, the one uh, ice level? It reminds mm. me so much of the stanchion goal. Remember when BX scored? Yeah. That's the yeah. And of course, it's a little bit different. This one, you got Besser in front of the net, as you as you explained so well. Whereas the stanchion goal, no one was in front of the net because everyone was on the board trying to find the puck. But it was the same angle, same feel. Uh, not the same, of course, uh, circumstances. But um, still, very nice to see that that angle where. You can see what Hronik's doing, and you see what Besser's doing the entire time. Yeah. It's really cool. That's, really that's cool. the angle I was just talking about. That that yeah. perfect screen, like so you, good. You see it, and, and Swayman just disappears. Yeah, um, which is perfect. Uh, which forces overtime, and everyone's buzzing. But it's overtime. You know who knows what happens, um, and the Canucks get possession. I, I don't think they they didn't start with possession, did they? Nope, they didn't. Boston got possession, and then Correct. they gave it up. Um, yep. Didn't get a shot. Didn't get a shot attempt. Didn't do anything with it. Um, and the Canucks set up, uh, or though they get the power play because of the bad change in overtime, <laughs> yes, uh, which Pedersen saw, right? Like he fired it right to the guy getting on the bed, getting off the bench. And, uh, it was at Marshawn coming off and he just was skating really slowly up the Correct. wall. Frederick came on and Marshawn was going on or something like that. Yeah. 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 So Pedersen fired it right at him and it had his hands up before the guy even touched the puck. So he knew what <laughs> he was doing. Um, Canucks go to the power play. They get set up and they put JT Miller skating downhill in the left faceoff circle, which has been my favorite play that they've had this year because yeah. of the options it gives, especially at four on three in overtime, right? You look at the options that, that Miller has, right? He can obviously shoot, right? Uh, yep. He can go for the net front tip, which he did, but he also can go just, you know, regroup back to Hughes and then recycle. And yeah. then Hughes has the, you know, all three options as well, or he can go across to Pedersen, especially with less bodies out there than a normal power play uh, for the one timer. So it's, it's, how do you defend that? Like genuinely, that's impossible. You can't. And I, I know one of the talk shows was talking about that five on four and a diamond, technically the right, point of the diamond is is right where jay Miller wants to go four and three it's a triangle there's no one out there and that's why you can't defend it it was it was really good really, mm, really yeah good. and the defender who the lone defender back he's sort of playing double duty right yeah if that puck goes to Pedersen, he needs to get in that shooting lane right away yeah. but if that puck comes to besser he needs to turn around and lift the stick yeah and to, you can't really do both uh with yes. how quickly that play developed so parker what do you do when you're, you're watching it live and they score are you swearing are you like are you like, uh, you know, motioning towards the TV? Are you running around? Like, what do you, what do you actually do? So I, I was standing to start. Um, I was standing about three feet from a big TV, which yep. is not probably not good for my eyes or something. Um, <laughs> it's, it's usually, it's just, it's like a, it's a big fist bump. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a hell yeah. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah, I was, I was, I was fired up though. I was, I was fired up especially basically after Besser scored that first goal yeah. uh in the third I was I was on my feet the rest of the way yeah you know this isn't probably the most becoming of a 49 year old church man but I think I yelled suck it suck it suck it suck it like a few times <laughs> I so, respect yeah. it <laughs> that's was, that, you know was, that is so fair yeah it's pretty exciting <laughs> yeah yeah I was fired up me too me too but I didn't have a hockey game to play three hours later so yeah yeah that was it, it did ruin my nap. So. <laughs> uh, before we get off the game, I know a lot of people talk about it. I know um, uh, Sully and Force. Force has been making the media rounds today. Really, really, He's actually very articulate. I was uh, watching some of his interviews. Green men. Do you remember them from back in the day? When oh, yeah. We were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I love the way that they did it, too. Like, bringing yes. them out the commercial break when the when the boss had a guy in the box. Actually, it was the only guy they had in the box. That wasn't very convenient. 
Right. Uh, but you could see, I think it was Frederick in the box and he's just like, can't help but smile a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That was, that was well, very Van, good. Van Dreamsnake, Van Dreamsnake, James Van ah, JVR. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But no, but you're right. And and I, I know in the interviews they were saying there actually weren't a lot of power plays. There weren't a lot of goals. So they were worried that they wouldn't have a lot of time to do some of their, their stick, right? But uh, of course, as the game went on, especially at the end of the game, they, they had a lot to celebrate. So very cool. Mm -hmm. And it would it, it, be, be cool. Maybe you and I should do that. Become the blue. No, okay, maybe not. No, it's gonna be tough. It's yeah, be. <laughs> you you might look okay in that stuff. I think I'm a little bit. Uh, I gotta do some. Work. <laughs> I, I, have, I have some work to do. <laughs> um, yeah, that was great, and and I think that's the time that they should come out of retirement. Is like, yeah, when the team is really good. I don't yeah. want them out there when this team is third in the Pacific <laughs> and like and playing Vegas round one and and do they do to get stomped in five. Yeah, they're going in as like favorites to to win a round or two perfect you know that's that's where the fun comes from yep I, I'm, I'm with you so overall a great night and uh it, it's just so much better even if they lost two nothing or two one and they played well at least there's some solace but the fact that it's an, the actual end of a streak so i'll ask you one last question park and then we'll, we'll move on to forward looking because we're at the halfway point um i was talking on my show last night um uh, do you as much as we say don't get too high with the highs too low with the lows do you put any more stock into Saturday night's game because it's either A, the Bruins, B, it snaps a streak, or C, the way that we came back to win, or maybe a combination of all three? It's all the above. Yeah. Um, maybe logically it shouldn't be. Like, like from a pure logic perspective, like breaking the streak is good. I think really the big thing is the way they played against a top team. Right. Yeah. With all this narrative around like, oh, the Canucks can't beat top teams, even though statistically that's it's just so wrong. It's ridiculous. Like they're one of the best teams against top 10 teams by points percentage in the league. Um, so like that's that's a silly argument to make, but it's it's a bit of confirmation bias. Right. We've seen it happen a bit lately. We've seen them blown some leads uh, recently. So it's happened yeah. a couple of times and it, you know, it feels bad. Um, yep. So realistically, that's the only part that should matter. But it feels so much better that it's Boston. It feels so much better that it was a comeback and to end the slump, right? Like yeah. if they had gone out the way they played, maybe they deserve to win this game. Just four two flat out, never, you know, have the lead early and never lose it. Um, and that would have been great, but this one just, it, it, you know, the, the lows of this game really made the highs feel even better. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Well said. So you're happy. I'm happy. Everyone's happy. So then, then, then of course we can focus on other things than a losing streak over the past little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was fun, um, fun day. But of course, you know, Canucks fandom. We have, I mean, we haven't had you know a two day break in in weeks, yeah, really, it right? Like it. yeah, it's since yeah. the All Star break, right? Um, so you know, there's no game tonight, and they didn't play yesterday. Everyone gets a little bit antsy, and they don't have you know, oh, the Penguins aren't till tomorrow. Don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, let's all panic about Elias Pettersson's contract uh, because um, Elliot Friedman talked about it. Maybe you want to recap what he said on Saturday. Yeah. So Elliot Friedman basically on, uh, on the, one of his intermission pieces saying that he understands that teams have been starting to call on Elias Pettersson, basically asking Patrick Alvin, you know, what's going on? Obviously he's not signed yet. Are you, do you plan to sign him? Would you have any interest in trading him? You guys, this uh, everyone out there, this doesn't mean the Canucks are trading Elias Pettersson. And I know we're going to talk about this, Parker, but uh, I think it's common knowledge that if you're a good general manager and you see the situation happening, you should 
make a call. There's no harm in making a call because who knows what you're going to unearth? Who knows if maybe things don't work out a year down the road, which I hope isn't the case that Alvin's going to remember that he had this great conversation with this GM from an Eastern conference team, you know? So there, there's so many reasons why you should make that call, but that's what Friedman said. And it, uh, that coupled with a, uh, you know, a story about 96 million, eight times 12 that Pedersen's group is just has sitting on the table. Those two stories from a national media perspective, got the ball rolling. Then of course, today is the Donnie's and Dolly's and Sakaris and prices talking about shit. Um, yeah, not only should Pedersen be signed by now, why isn't he? And then other fans then jumping on it saying, well, local media, you're feeding into this when there's no story here. So that's basically what we're going to try and stick a fork in for the next few minutes here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one's, this one's funny to me um, because in my eyes, absolutely nothing's changed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Preach, we've had, preach brother, preach, preach. So we had at the beginning of the season, Elias Pettersson said, you know, I'm going to wait till the end of the season. I'm not going to worry about it now. Um, now, should that change? Maybe if there's a $96 million offer in front of you, maybe. But he also did say, I'm going to wait till the end of the season. Now, yep. you then have Alvin going on record a bunch of times, really. Um, and say, and I think Rutherford a couple times too. And basically every time it comes up, there's like, yeah, we're trying to sign him. And it sounds very passive. Like it sounds like they're in the position of weakness. They're like, oh, we're trying, like we're doing our best. But I think that's just the way Alvin talks. I don't think he's actually like, he's like, oh, we're doing our best guys. Like, I really hope we can sign him. So like, yeah, we're trying, you know, we're, we're doing our due diligence. Uh, and Patterson's side is doing what they want to do, um, which is wait until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, yeah, obviously the Friedman saying teams are calling. Yeah, of course teams are calling, right? You look back on like Sebastian Ajo uh, back, at, you know, a few years ago when, when he was an RFA, um, that didn't look like he was going to get signed and the whole offer sheet thing happened, but like, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, it's, it's due diligence that your team should be calling. Now. I don't know if our GM at the time was doing that because maybe he wasn't the most competent. Um, but yeah, it's, of course teams are calling. Um, yep. And, and of course, maybe those teams are going to, you know, drop a hint to a guy like Elliot Friedman to drive out the pressure a little bit because that only benefits them, right? If they say, yeah. hey, you know, hey, we called the Canucks. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to get Elias Pettersson. Right now, Freeman can say that on Hockey Night in Canada and stir up some drama, right? And maybe sow some discourse and yada, yada, yada. Um, yes. it, yeah. And, and everything, everything Patterson said is, you know, oh, I want to play for a winning team, which he now is. I mm-hmm. want to get paid, which the Canucks can do. Mm-hmm. Um, look, if he doesn't want to play for this team, not really a problem right now, <laughs> genuinely, right? Like that is a, that is an off season problem, um, because the Canucks own his rights through next year. Um, if he genuinely is, is wanting to get traded, uh, it would really suck, but I think we have a bunch of, like a bunch of, uh, like coincidental evidence and not much actual, like consequential evidence right right oh man there, there are so many angles to take parker so i i don't blame the fans for talking about this i don't blame the media for talking about not. this so i yeah uh, but i also don't blame people for saying i'm sick of it already because isn't this to be a not uh, a non-story a, a great example is my season ticket partner mike who knows a lot about hockey he is more much more concerned that pd isn't going to resign here than i am do i want pd resign here yes do i think he will yes would I be upset if he doesn't? Yes. But would I think we'd be okay? Yes. Because I actually trust 
uh, Alvin and Rutherford. And I'm not going down that road yet. What I will say is you kind of hit at this too, Alvin. Yeah. in the way that they're passive and quiet, it, it's almost like they, they have this quiet confidence to them. They don't let things leak. And if they do, they, they get on it right away. We didn't know about the Lindholm thing until basically two hours before it was going to happen. So I, I just have a feeling that they, they know exactly where they stand. They know exactly where PD's people stand and we don't media doesn't. And that's why there's so much, uh, fur and so much uh, consternation, but maybe, maybe these two sides know exactly where they are and they, they've just agreed not to talk about it in the media. I like, that's obviously maybe wonderland and best case scenario, but that's maybe I'm being ignorant Parker, but that's, I, I don't worry about it. I, I just don't. Yeah. I'd be a lot more worried under the previous management group. Um, yeah. Yeah. because I'd be really worried about anything that would happen would be negative. Currently, and look, usually when you trade the the best player, the, the team that trades the best player in a trade usually loses the trade. It's the way it goes because usually you're getting a bundle of things in return and it's sort of tough to add things up to a star player, right? You can get a bunch of guys who are con- going to contribute and get you a couple wins above replacement every year. Um but you can also get those guys for free for nothing in free agency most of the time. Yeah. So that doesn't yeah. really add up, right? Um, first round picks, this team's not in a position for those to matter unless you're turning around and, and flipping them. Um, and, and I would say like, you know, really, I, I think the best case, let's say Pedersen does want to get traded and doesn't want to play here and doesn't want to sign here. I, I mean, I think their best bet would be to try to do what Calgary and Florida did right with the Kachuk for Huberto deal. Now that worked abysmally for the Calgary flames. Um, and there's obviously the potential for that to happen. Um, but again, everything that we've seen this management group do has been successful. Yeah. Everything. Yep. They haven't yep. really had a miss yet and any of their misses have been very minor, but they've also made some minor good moves to make up for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, we can look back and, and like, oh, do you want to nitpick the Sam Lafferty trade because he started the season really well and hasn't been playing well lately? I don't. He was worth a we got a fifth form and he helped us win a bunch of games early, right? Yeah. I there's there's really nothing that this management group has done to make me nervous, and I think that in the unlikely case that they need to move Elias Pettersson, they'll get the most value possible. Hmm. Hmm. Two questions for you, Parker. One of the, um, are you as a fan, are you at all uh, offended? Uh, that's probably the wrong word, but offended, upset that PD hasn't said more, done more about staying, number one. And number two, do you think PD shies away, thrives in, or is neutral about how hockey, uh, how, how rabid this fan base is? I don't think, uh, I'll answer the second question yeah. first. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's, I, I don't see that as a problem for him. Yeah, I, I think he just has a very sort of stoic demeanor and a little bit confrontational demeanor uh, with the media. And he's always had that. But I think he's going to have that in 75% of the markets he played in, right? I guess, you know, he could go to, you know, Tampa or, you know, Sunrise and and it'll be quieter. And or you go, you know, you go to Carolina or Phoenix or whatever, right? Um, but I also think he'd, you know, I don't, I don't think that would be exciting for him. Um, not that I'm speaking for him, but I don't know. He seems very competitive, right? Yes, and yeah. I don't think he'd want to go to a place where that competitiveness didn't really matter. Um, 
but am I like uh, offended or anything? No, I, I mean, he has the right to negotiate the way he wants to negotiate. Um, look, if in, if in his heart of hearts, he doesn't want to play here, that sucks, but I'm not going to be offended by it, right? I'm not going to have a John Tavares situation. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, it's it's his right, right? He's he's sort of a, it's sort of a, hockey's sort of a weird thing. Sports are a weird thing, right? You just get drafted and you have to play for this one team. You can't go and work <laughs> anywhere else. That's a, it's a weird system that, you know, when, when players put their time in and they earn the right to, you know, to choose where they want to go. Look, if he doesn't want to play here, he doesn't want to play here. Yeah. But... I don't think he's ever really indicated that except when he said, I don't want to play for a losing team. And, right. Well, the Canucks were a losing team back then. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, we, just so everyone knows a, a little peek behind the curtain, Parker and I, we try not to talk about these topics before we go live because we want it to be spontaneous and we don't want, if I knew what Parker was going to say and vice versa, it all, it kind of just naturally biases. So Parker, and I, before we even press record, we said, okay, we're going to talk about this. This should be fun, blah, blah, blah. But having said that, Parker, at the risk of making this a little more boring, more boring I agree with you, everything you say. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not just setting myself up for if he gets traded, then I can say, oh, it's no big deal. No, I truly, I truly think that he, when he was on that boat with Elliot Friedman in Sweden in the summer, when he says, I'm not going to worry about this, I'm not going to entertain resigning until the end of the season, nothing that he said or done has wavered from that commitment. So I, I don't get why there's this, there's this freaking out, this consternation and maybe I'm missing something, but if, if he's to his word and the Canucks want to honor that word to, to not make him mad, then this is exactly how I thought it was going to go. Truly. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. And people concerned on like the media perspective, right? right. Where they're like, Oh, the media is going to drive them away. The media is a big part of why this market is so interesting, mm. right? Like the, look, the media is the way they are because of the way the fan base is, right? And this is the way it is for every big market team in any sport, yeah. right? It, you know, there's, you look at the NFL right now, right? We're sort of in that, that early off season limbo pre-draft players are getting cut, players are getting franchise tagged in the NFL right? Mm -hmm. All of these teams that have, you know, star players where their futures are up in the air. That's all they're talking about, right? Because it's, it's the most important thing going on with the team at that moment. Elias Pedersen, or Elias Pedersen's contract situation on days off <laughs> is the most important thing going on with this team. Right. Right. And you know, are, are the media, you know, maybe being a little bit sensationalist for clicks. Sure. Right. But it's their jobs to do so. We're in a, we're in a world where, you know, media, the media landscape is so fragile that, you know, they're doing what they can to, to get the clicks, to get the ad revenue to survive. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. Does, do, do I worry that like, uh, you know, Pedersen sees that and is like, oh, wow, these guys are, these guys suck because they're prying in. And I told them I wasn't going to worry about this season. Maybe, but also yeah. I think, I, I think he probably just closes Twitter. <laughs> And yeah. it's not a problem anymore. It's a, yeah. it's not a bad problem to have really in the grand scheme of things. You're winning. You're about to get paid a hundred million dollars essentially mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. you convert it to the city you're living in currency. Um, you know, there's, I, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, and I, I, I think his, 
you know, a lot of these people tweeting and stuff, like he's had real conversations with them. Like they've been in the dressing room, they've had conversations. I'm sure there's some mutual respect there, right? I'm right. sure that he's not looking at a lot of these guys and be like, oh, this guy again, right? There's, I'm sure there's a couple, but <laughs> I, I think for the most part, most of our, you know, Vancouver's media are are pretty decent people for the most part. Right. Okay. So uh, again, agree with everything you said. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned the fact that does he, he see this? Cause I was going to ask you about that. Cause I, I'm sure he's not oblivious. So here's one last thought and then we can, we can get to people for the last 15 minutes with PD then. Um, oh shoot. I just lost my thought. It was such a good thought too. And I set it up so well, I guess not so well. It was going to be a point about, um, Oh, this is horrible. Stall for me for 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Um, do you want me to just put a new topic in your head to really throw you off? Yeah, sure. Do that. Uh, Brandon Duheim. Talk That's about a, Minnesota, right? Yes. Um, okay. tweeted out by Frank Saravalli earlier today, this morning, uh, quote mentioned this today on today's DFO rundown pod, but worth a tweet. Uh, Canucks have been keeping close tabs on Minnesota wilds. Brandon Duhame. It's no lock Duhame has moved with Minnesota in a playoff chase, but an intriguing piece on our trade targets board. We are talking about a player who has played. 58 games has 64 penalty minutes is a minus eight and has six points this season and we need him also born why. one day before me oh like oh wow okay um and we need him because why what, what is he he's obviously a grit grinder like depth. i guess i have no idea he makes 1.1 million dollars he's, okay. he's a ufa at the end of this season yeah i i I have no idea. 44% Corsi when he's on the ice. Uh, I don't see any value here. Okay. Well, I'm going to look this guy up later just to find out when your birthday is again. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I remember what I was going to say really quickly about, about uh, the media. Um, I, I think you and I both respect the job they do. You're right. They, they do clicks uh, once in a while, depending on who it is. Some are more clicky than others. Do you think though, in this case, Parker with with Elliot Freeman talking about it, Dollywall talking about it, others is in this case is there a bit of where there's smoke there's fire at all? Like, do you at all believe that maybe even for an, an instance that PD might not be happy here? Yeah, you believe it? Yeah, I, I bet. I yeah. because that's you know there's a reason that's a saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but I I think. I think there's also a lot of when there's a little smoke, a lot of people make smoke, <laughs> right? I know that's maybe not as we are in Vancouver, or, that's true, yes, or coherent, but yeah. um, you know, I think you know there was a little bit of smoke with what okay. Elliot Friedman said, right? Yeah. And then everyone said, "Ooh, this is something we need to jump on and get our takes in." Right. Um, that, that's and fair. I think. Look, if these were a bunch of different sources saying similar things, that's smoke to me. Um, yeah. But one guy saying, "Ah, eh, there's been some calls," isn't a lot of smoke. Okay, that's fair. So we're talking about, like, um, yeah, camp campfire versus cigarette. I hear you. I hear you. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Brandon Duham. I, I I imagine this would just be like a depth addition for the playoffs, right? Okay. I, I'm sure we are talking cheap acquisition, like. It's got to be right. Like heavy, you know, he's six two two hundred. He's, yep. you know, he's a bit of a bigger guy. He's very physical, obviously has 228 career penalty minutes in 189 games. Um, you know, he's, he 
he gets involved, right? And I could see that being like, oh, we need a spark in the lineup for one game in the playoffs, or ah, a guy's injured, we need to slot someone in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this team needs more depth, right? Um, Baines yeah. has been a great bit of depth, and that's maybe one of the topics we can get to because I don't think we've talked about him at all. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, again, it's uh, what's your depth, right? Is it, it's Phil Giuseppe, it's Neil Zaman, uh, it's Linus Carlson, and it's Archie yeah. Baines. Yeah. Maybe you want a guy who's played 200 games to fill in once in a while. Yeah. Kai might know more than us. Honestly, he's a tough kid and pretty good in the PK, but that's about it. LOL. I can see why the Canucks would rather have him in the lineup than Neil Zaman, your, your, your buddy during playoff time. <laughs> and, and especially if the Canucks are going with this four center look that we saw yeah. on Saturday, um, right. Just running, uh, Patterson, Miller, Lindholm, Bluger down the middle. That makes Neil Zaman pretty expendable. Um, yeah. as he's essentially prototypical fourth line center and allows right. you to put in a winger, instead right like a baines uh like a yeah. fieldy giuseppe or like a brandon duham um injuries are going to happen especially as we get into playoffs it's a two-month grind um so yeah more bodies the better especially look he he wouldn't have any impact on the cap i think that's essentially entirely buryable um yeah. and he's an extra he's an extra body sure all right two minutes on baines and then we'll get to the people what do you think so far uh, he's a little, yeah, he's, he's good. I, I mean, the, I think the, the one, uh, the one downside I think is his foot speed. He hasn't right. looked very quick, uh, but he's looked very tenacious, um, yes. which I think most people will in their first set of NHL games, but I think that's a vibe that he's brought from Abbotsford. Um, so I wouldn't be too concerned about that going away. Uh, almost had a really nice goal against Boston. Um, a really nice scoring chance, um, that came out of nowhere, um, he's got some skill and mm-hmm. uh, again, you know, similar to Neil Zaman and, and my piece on him, right. It, it's, it's a hard guy to bet against, right. When yeah. at every single level he's, you know, didn't get drafted ever. Right. Not even in junior, right. How many guys don't play junior hockey, uh, or don't get drafted mm-hmm. into, into the WHL because they're not good enough at 14, 15 years old. How many of them get to that level a few years later to be playing NHL minutes? guys who grind right yeah um and to go unsigned and to to be playing nhl games is a feat in itself um but i think he's going to keep trying to get better because that's all he's ever done um but i've been i've been impressed i think he he hasn't looked out of place tenacious is a good way to put it he's uh responsible he's not afraid to get to the dirty areas not afraid to yeah he's taken a couple penalties or at least one that i can remember so he's he's not afraid to get in there and i know and it sounds like rick talkett really likes him he he basically said that he could see him being in the lineup for the rest of the season. And then he quickly walked it back and said, well, it depends on, you know, who else is in the lineup. But, but yeah, I think talk, really likes him. So that, that's a great sign for Baines. It's good. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. met, uh, met his cousin in, in Seattle, who they, a bunch of them, his family made the trip down to, to see him. And unfortunately they, that was a bad game for all of us to watch, but it was cool to meet one of his family members. They're obviously so proud and every right to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very and- cool. Look, analytically, his first game, he was abysmal. <laughs> like, if you know, there was that like impact game score graph, and he was so far at the bottom. And everyone was like, nah, no, he was good. Just ignore <laughs> that. He was out there for a couple goals against. Don't worry about right. it. Right. Um, right. 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 And that was nice to see. You know, the people, yeah. no one like sort of grabbed that and be like, oh, who let this guy in the lineup? Right. No, he, he genuinely looked decent. Um, yeah. And that's, again, a nice piece to have just as a, as a spark that you can add um, yeah. where you need to. Um, also, uh, like this week, uh, JT Miller's been a, an absolute monster. Oh. Um, and I, I, I mean, Nikita Zadorov against yep. Boston, like kind of took over that game a little yes. bit. Like that was, 
that I don't think I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, he obviously his size, that's the first thing you notice, but when he can skate really well for a big guy, um, you know, he was, he was outstanding. His best game of the year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That made, that improved my, my opinion on him quite a bit. Um, (laughs) that, that was, that was really cool. Um, and I, I think that, that again, if, if we get that Zadora for the playoffs, that's again, a really nice addition. Love it. Love it. Should we go to the Pete's for the last 10 minutes? Sure, let's do it, folks. Um, I know you guys have been you guys have been chatting uh, consistently, and we really yeah. appreciate that. Um, it's, great. it's good to good to see the passion in here. Uh, sorry, that's stealing from the Maple Leafs. I'll never say that again. Um, <laughs> so, folks, if you got any questions, Q and A, we've talked about everything we can think of uh, over the fifty minutes. Um, so it's time for you folks to fire in your questions. Uh, let us know, you know, your thoughts uh, over the last week or any questions that uh, that you want us to talk about. Uh, we'll start with Eli, uh, asking yeah. Kuzmenko on the fourth line thoughts. I think I he saw was, he didn't. I think he was actually in the scratch spot in, in practice today. <laughs> and then I know he didn't play last game, but that's because he was sick, not because he's healthy scratch. But uh, I've seen his minutes go from eighteen to sixteen to fourteen to twelve to ten. Um, maybe, yeah. Uh, I don't wish ill will on him, but um, I'm not surprised actually, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, based on the way he's been playing, I don't think he was going to turn it around immediately, right? Like, this is a team that is, you know, seven points out of a playoff spot. Uh, I guess they're five points out of a playoff spot, looking at wild card two with a game in hand. You know, they're they're pushing. They they want these games are important to Calgary, right? They want to catch yeah. up. They want to get in the mix. Um, so you know, he's he's not really the guy in those scenarios. Yeah. Speaking of not seeing guys, what do you think of Lindholm's play so far? Uh, I think he's been a little slow to adapt um hmm. I, I again i'm i'm tentative to get too nervous too concerned because i think he's a good enough and a smart enough player to figure it out um but it has been you know since he, he joined the team during the all-star break they haven't really had many practices right they've been playing every other day since then until this two-day gap um so the practice might help um when he's been on he's been pretty good i think he's made a lot of quiet plays that have looked yeah. okay but you I want agree. him to produce right for what we paid for him um has he been better than kuzmenko this year yes um and he he definitely adds a lot um especially in the face-off dot um but i, I of course i'd love to see more and i'm i i'm hoping that's the benefit of making that trade early right is right. that he can get settled in over the next 10 games and then really right. dial it up in april good point jackass if you think if we win the cup, is it the greatest turnaround in the history of sport? I'm sure there's been a lot of like uh, rags to riches stories, but uh, uh, you know because of where we are, re- location bias. Yes, of course, this is the greatest. But I'm sure there's others that are even more impressive than this. Yeah, it depends on the time scale, right? I yeah. mean, 28 to three, New England Atlanta Super Bowl was <laughs> that was a heck of a turnaround and pretty quick. Um, yeah. But obviously, that's a, a bit a bit of a different uh, different time scale. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a heck of a flip though mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. not making a lot of roster moves. I mean, a lot of like good depth moves, but yeah, that's yeah. A, a big coaching upgrade. Yeah. Shannon, welcome to membership. Thank you for, thank you. you're always in the, in the chat and thank you for your support as well. How about this Nashville in the first round money puck seems to have it as the most likely opponent. And it makes sense. If you look at the standings, right? I mean, as mm-hmm. of right now, and I'll, I'll pull up the athletics odds, um, Right now, they have the Canucks at a 73% chance to win the division. Um, and I wonder if that's changed. Was there any games tonight? Uh, did uh, Edmonton, Edmonton win? won. Edmonton yeah. won. 
Um, Dallas lost, um, which helps as well. Um, so right now they have them at most likely to win the division. Um, and if they win the division, they probably also win the conference. Either that or they come second, right? Yep. So they're going to be either, they're going to be in P1, which means they will play one of the two wildcard teams. Yep. And if you look at the wildcard teams, it is the, right now it's the Kings and the Predators, and there's not really anyone that close behind them, right? Like the Kings have a seven point lead on Calgary and the Preds have a four point lead on St. Louis and Minnesota. So it's probably going to be Nashville and one of like Edmonton or LA or even Vegas in that wild card spot, uh, in those yep. two wild card spots. So Nashville will probably be the lowest of those. Um, and so if the Canucks win the division, they'll play them. And if they get second in the conference, there's like three teams they could play. So that's probably why Nashville's the most likely. Yeah. Um, I'd be fine with playing Nashville in the first round. They have a goalie that can get hot, um, but not a ton else, really. Yep. They got a good uh, keyboard player at their their arena, but I think um, I, I St. Louis is a scarier team to me. We, for some reason, and you, we both talk about how we hate St. Louis goaltenders, but we don't match up well against them for some reason, at least this season. So I will, I will happily take Nashville as a, as a wildcard two opponent. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a <laughs> good push from Nashville here, right? They got they yeah. got they lost nine two to the Stars uh, like a week and a half ago, and then they've won five straight. Um, right. Although St. Louis. San Jose and Anaheim were three of those teams, but they did beat LA and Vegas, which was nice for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're a team that, you know, could get hot, but I would think the Canucks would be pretty heavy favorites. Uh, if that was yep. the, uh, if that was the first round matchup. Sure. Cody, we will, thank you for the reminder. We will end our show with our three game prediction for the first next week, but we'll get to that. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's take one more question or two before we do that. All right, if let's you, do it. Uh, if you have any that you see there. Um, uh, I'll address this real quick. Justin, we actually talked about this for extensively. You it, Just before you got on here, uh, Parker and I both, uh, whether it's a side or not, we are both on the on the thinking of uh, Pedersen said he'll wait to the end of the season. So we believe that's what's going to happen. And then anything, everything else falls out from there. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know if there's anyone sure. else that we want to jump to or if we should just go to our predictions because it is uh, 1058. All right, last one. I, I won't put it up there. Um, do, what's the penalty for getting a, a, a guy offer sheet and taking away? Is it, it, it depends on salary, right? Yeah. It's, like, it's either five firsts or four firsts, basically. It's four firsts at the top level, which is okay, what gotcha. Patterson would assuredly be under. Right, um, right. So it would be four first round picks. Right. I think Roberto Luongo asked that earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the real Roberto Luongo, but yeah. So if it's a, and, and no really bad team is probably going to do that because right. that's a lot of compensation for a bad team because that's probably yes. four lottery picks, maybe yes. at least two or three. Um, so that'd be a bit tough. Yeah. Great point. And Shiraz, you just got here. Love the avatar. Say hi to my favorite Connects duo on YouTube. Well, welcome. Uh, come an hour earlier next time. <laughs> and before we preview the game, I'll do my shout of, if you missed any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning and it'll be on your favorite podcast platform in 10 to 15 minutes. So make sure Perfect. to subscribe uh, on All there right, and on here and hit yeah. the like button. Uh, as we preview the three games coming up, a uh, couple of gaps. You know, we got mm. tomorrow against uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, we have Thursday against LA and then another two day break. And the Canucks play Sunday. No Saturday game this week. Um, going Sunday, uh, getting their two day break on the on the previous end of the Monday. 
uh, instead of instead of afterwards. So Canucks Penguins, Canucks Kings, and then they go on the road to Anaheim to face the Ducks. Penguins, uh, as of right now, um, struggling. I, I mean, like pretty yeah. pretty struggling. Um, only three points out of a playoff spot with two games in hand, or maybe. Uh, sorry, no, the Lightning are in there too. There's going to be five out of the Atlantic potentially. Right. Yes. So they're they're nine points out, but they have five games in hand on Tampa Bay. <laughs> Don't know how that happens. Uh, they've played the least games of anyone in the NHL. Um, so you know they could make a push, um, but they they've been struggling. And then LA, they are they just lost to Edmonton tonight, and they are fighting with Edmonton, right, for third place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had that big fall, and then they they've they've brought it back recently, won seven of their okay. last ten, and that includes okay. their loss tonight, um, with you know a four nothing win over the Oilers, and then losing seven nothing two nights later, three nights later to the Sabers, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, but they had won, you know they've they've been doing well lately. They beat the the Devils, they beat the Bruins, they beat the Penguins. Um, they beat the Ducks and lost to the Oilers. So they've been good. Um, that'll be a tougher one. Uh, and then the Ducks should be uh, some light work. Uh, okay, what the, the heck? Oh, sorry. The Ducks have <laughs> just over half of the points of the Canucks this season. Okay. They have 43. I didn't know that you could you could go that low. Um, <laughs> and uh, they've, they've, yeah, they've just been bad. They've been bad. They lost three straight. They lost 7-4 to Columbus. That's tough. Um, that one should be a, a pretty easy win to kick off the California trip. Well, you know what? We were coming off a four-game losing streak. We have one win already. I'm agreeing with uh, Angelo and Sir Wojenheim. I'm not even sure what that means. I'm going three straight wins, three more wins. So I'm going 3-0 this week for the clan. I have not predicted an undefeated week, so I'm going 3-0. I like it. I think I think they got a real shot at it. I mean, they're going to be favorites against the Penguins, and yep. maybe I'll, I'll see what the actual numbers are because I can pull that up super quick. Mm. Uh, they are going to be, of course, the page doesn't load when I when I say that. Um, perfect. They are, yeah, pretty heavy favorites uh, against Pittsburgh um, in the game tomorrow, uh, and then they'll probably be favorites against LA because it's at home, and they'll probably be road favorites against the Ducks. They're they're going to be favorites to win all three. I'll go a little pessimistic and I'll go two Oh and one for a little five point week. Um, and they'll just keep building that lead on, on first place in the NHL. Yeah. I, I love it. I know we got, uh, we got rocked in our, didn't we both predict uh, winning records for last? Oh, it doesn't matter. Last week. Bro, last I don't week. think we've predicted a losing record since the first <laughs> few games of the season. <laughs> That's true. Why would we? All right. So we got a three and oh, a two Oh and one. Basically, Parker and I are saying that they're going to rock the next three games until we see you guys next. Excellent. All right, folks. Thank you all very much for joining. Like I just said, if you missed any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning here on YouTube. You can find it on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of 10, 15 minutes. Make sure you subscribe while you're here and hit the like button. It helps us out. Uh, Thank you all for joining. Thanks for being active in the chat. Uh, As always, we'll be back next week, next Monday. Uh, which will be March the 4th, same time, same place. Make sure you're subscribed, hit the notifications. Uh, Clay, any parting words this Monday night? Well, great seeing you, Parker. Great being with you. Great to be back after that Seattle debacle, but back on track with the Boston win and looking forward to reconvening in a week and talking about three um, three massive wins for us. And if you're not sick of, uh, don't worry, if you want to come, jump on my stream in 10 minutes, no PD talk. I No, I can't promise that. <laughs> 
Yeah, folks, if your night's not done yet, which mine is, unfortunately, uh, yes. jump on over to Canuck Clay on YouTube. Uh, he'll be doing a stream in about 10 minutes. You can find me on YouTube and Twitter, Parker's Pucks. You can find Clay on the same at Canuck Clay. Have a good night, everybody, and we will see you next week.